Ramblers, let's get rambling. Six hundred fifty-seven of my podcast and home intelligent rambling right here on the Talk Show Network. I'm your host Russ Hale, and we are one of the longest single-hosted pop culture podcasts in Ontario. Welcome to the show, and boy, as usual, I got a lot to talk about today. Before we get into what's on the show today, review-wise, I did want to mention something that is in the news at the time of this recording. Well, after so much debate and so much deliberation. <laughs> The Amber Heard Johnny Depp 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 case is done, and looks like Mr. Jack Sparrow he's come out on top, and he has pretty much won the case. He he has to pay a little bit towards Amber because I guess he did a little defame of his own, but he is getting just a potload of money, and he's been vindicated, and her career, yeesh, is is I don't know what's happening to it. Now the funny thing is. She is set, or she was set, to appear in Aquaman Lost Kingdom, Aquaman 2. That that movie has been wrapped for months now. Months, months, months. <laughs> and, and though the pandemic has delayed it, delayed it, delayed it. And what's, what I found interesting after this verdict, right, is that there's talk, people are saying, oh, well, you know, Warner Brothers, is, they're going to edit Amber out of the movie. They're just going to wipe her right out. And, you know... <laughs> I'm telling you, Ramblers, I don't buy it. The movie is finished. It's in the can, as far as I know. And to have to go back and edit her completely out of the movie, jeez, I, I don't see how that can be done. I can see that when it gets released, maybe her role will be cut down or limited so they can still make it a coherent movie. But to eliminate her completely and not even go the the sense of just recasting and maybe just filming her scenes with another actress, no, it, it doesn't work. They're just going to have to lump it and, you know, and just maybe reduce her role, but still not affect the overall story. Because like her or you don't, she was a pretty big part of the first Aquaman movie with James Wan. And <laughs> I... I can't see them eliminating her completely from it. And the funny thing is, right, either way, whatever they do, she's still getting paid. She's still going to get paid for that movie because it's been filmed in the can for months. So, you know, if you're going to have to still pay her, you might as well use at least some of the footage. We'll see. Uh, Aquaman Lost Kingdom has been pushed, 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 as I discussed in a previous episode a while back. Oh, for... (laughs) It's quite in the future now, whereas it would have been fairly soon. So time will tell. I mean, they have time to edit it, I suppose, but to completely cut her out or do reshoots, we're talking so much money for a a movie that pretty much has been wrapped. Like probably even the sets are probably torn down or in storage or whatever. Who knows? Now, the contrast to this, and I find really interesting, because this is another DC movie that's pretty much as far as I know, shot and finished, is the Flash movie, you know, with Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller, oi, he is not doing himself any favors lately. And and there has been talk that that, that movie, you know, will get canceled or he'll get replaced, even though he's the main star. And that movie, again, has been pretty much shot. I think it's good to go anytime. And, and when I read on that one, they're saying they're going to keep him in this, uh, maybe because it's too big of a reshoot. And the, despite his rather public bad behavior. So it, it's funny. It's funny how life works, isn't it, in the entertainment industry? But <laughs> I, I just wanted to point that out. And going back to the Marvel side of it, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, whoosh, the numbers for this movie are dropping like a stone. And, and it, it's just... 
the the viewings are going down, 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 which is prompting it to probably be on Disney Plus very soon. And I, you know, I I reviewed it on this show. Just this might some not recent episodes. I didn't think it was that bad a movie. Yes, there are parts of it that could have been better. And I discussed about the characters that I think, if that's all we see of them, we'll get a little bit wasted. <laughs> but uh, wow. It's just crazy to see how it it dropped so quickly. But then again, didn't help having Top Gun Maverick against it, which is a movie people have been waiting literally thirty years to see a sequel to that film. So there you go. And I've always said lately, you know, in in the modern era, right, the days of a movie staying in number one for and staying in theaters for months and months and months at a time. That's gone, man. Streaming killed that. We will probably never see a day when a movie can stay number one and stay in theaters exclusively for months up to a year at a time. You know, the days of Titanic, Avatar, all that stuff. I, 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 the culture is just not there anymore for that to happen. We, we have moved past that. So it's, it's rather interesting. You know, the, the turnaround is just so big compared to what it used to be. So that is that. Those are really kind of big new segments uh, when it comes to stuff. I am I am making my way through the um, trying to watch some of the Obi-Wan show. Uh, more on that. I'm going to get a little bit more through it. So far, not bad. I, it could be better. It's it's not painting him very well. And there's, there's a character in this. We'll talk about this a little bit. Uh, that, 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 that the Lucasfilm said to her, Oh, don't don't worry. Just you know, just give you a heads up. The fans might hate you because you're you know you're a certain ethnicity. That's a bunch of hooey. And so they prepped it. They kind of proof guarded it, saying, "Okay, you know, we're gonna proof guard any criticism. You know, forget if people criticize her character and her lack of it and how she's good. No, 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 no. Any attack on her is attack because she's a woman of color and." <laughs> And that's just why, 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 why do we have to do this? Why can't you know just people criticize the character, no matter what their skin color is, no matter what race they are, just because you don't like the portrayal? And why does that criticize oddly make them an historophobe? That that you, it's, it's not fair. It really is not fair to to do that because it's just uh. and and um, also I'm <clears throat> making my way through. Season four of Stranger Things. That show is wackadoo. <clears throat> not again, not for kids, even though our kids in it. And and I, I will give you my take on the fourth season. I'm really close to getting it done. Um <laughs> and and I'll I'll let you know what I think of it. It's crazy as always. Uh so that's just some teases for upcoming stuff. There are some other videos and, and releases that were sent to me that I will talk about in that are coming in the near future, but more on that. At the end of the show, as always. So, coming up on today's show, we're going to take a trip back again into the past, because, you know, retro is good, with the 4K Blu-ray review, the 35th anniversary of Eddie Murphy and Beverly Hills Cop 2, uh, courtesy of Warner Brothers Home Entertainment on 4K Blu-ray. And then we go from, you know, that movie to... To another blast in the past, this time going back to a movie set in the 80s, but or shot, put out in the 80s, but set in the 30s on 4K. It is the 4K review of The Untouchables, courtesy of Paramount Home Entertainment, where it's Elliot Ness versus Al Capone. And one of the best quotes from Sean Corre in that one. Too. Then we go from the streets, the streets of Chicago in the 1930s to modern day, sort of, kind of, with my Blu-ray review of the of Doom Patrol, the complete third season, courtesy of Warner Brothers Home Entertainment, where the, the this, this, you know, kind of odd, sort of, kind of heroes face off against Brotherhood of Evil and the sister of Dada and kind of deal with the repercussions of what happened in season two. And then we're going to finish things off on the light side, if you will, with an animated blurry review of Teen Titans Go! and DC Superhero Girls Mayhem in the Multiverse. 
courtesy of Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. That's all on today's program. So I take a little musical interlude, right? The first review of the show. My first 4K Blu-ray review for this episode is Beverly Hills Cop 2, courtesy of Paramount Home Entertainment. <laughs> now, this is a, another 19, you know, 80s, 90s movie brought back on 4K Blu-ray. And surprisingly, it's the second one, not the first. And, uh, you know, I've reviewed these movies on this show before. I always liked the Beverly Hills Cop movies. You know, that kind of 80s, 90s Eddie Murphy was always... I, I always liked him there. You know, that and Golden Child and a bunch of other ones. I always like that kind of role. And this is a great... I always... Two is always a good sequel to the first movie. The, the soundtrack is fantastic. Of course, this is done by the same team that brought you Top Gun. Good old Bruckheimer and Simpson. And and it was nice to kind of get back into this movie. And it looks great on 4K, I'm going to say. it. They really cleaned it up good. It is probably the best this movie's ever going to look. And it was fun, you know, to go back and watch the, this film again. It, it's To me, it's, it's one of those most rewatchable movies. Does it help to watch the first before you watch the second? Well, yeah, because then you don't know the relationship that he has with the um, L.A. detectives. And one thing, though, that a little bit disappointed me on this one, for, and you get the 4K and the digital code. You do not get a Blu-ray with this. Just so you know, Ramblers, it's just the 4K disc and digital code for the Blu-ray. It's not 4K, Blu-ray, and Blu-ray as well. One thing that's kind of missing is special features. This is the 35th anniversary of this movie. Where are the special features? Donata, nothing. No extra disc, no audio commentary, bare bones, which is a shame. I'm really hoping that eventually they'll have all, all three uh, Beverly Hills Cops movies on 4K in a set. And then maybe then they'll bring in some extras. You know, bring in some of the legacy ones and bring in some new ones and make that a set. I think this is testing the market. I think this is Paramount going, hey, you know, let's see how well this sells. And of course, coincidence that they time it along the same time as uh, Top Gun Maverick coming out. I don't think so. So you have that going forward. If you don't care about extras and, you know, you don't, and, and you have a 4K player, and you don't need the Blu-ray of it, then, and the only camera is the movie, this is, you know, something to pick up. If you're a kind of guy who wants, no, I, I want extras too, you know, I just don't want a movie, maybe wait in, until it, they actually bring out one with extras. It's weird, even in the <coughs> three Blu-ray set, there's not a lot of extras in it. I reviewed this on the that sh on the show quite a while back, and they still didn't have a lot of extras. So I, I'm just, we'll see. I, I feel this is Paramount testing the waters. But if you want a nice trip into vintage Eddie Murphy on 4K, this is a, a fun movie to, to check out. So that is my take on Beverly Hills Cop 2 on 4K Blu-ray, courtesy of the great folks at Paramount Home Entertainment.
second 4K Blu-ray movie review for this episode is The Untouchables, courtesy of Paramount Home Entertainment. Now, this is a, in a, another retro movie review. This film is you know, a classic of its time. It came out back, way, way back in 1987 and was meant to be kind of an homage to the old Untouchables TV show that aired, I believe, sometime in the 50s. <laughs> Yeah, and and so it was kind of a tribute to that. The the story basically follows the war between, and this is set in Prohibition, Chicago, in the nineteen thirties. The war between the the character of Elliot Ness, played by a very young Kevin Costner, and the character of good old Al Capone, played by Robert De Niro. So you have these two opposing guys, uh, along with you know along with Elliot Ness, um, he has a team. Uh, that includes Sean Connery as Jim Malone and uh, Andy Garcia. Then this is a very young Andy Garcia as George Stone and uh, Charles Martin Smith as Oscar Wallace. So yeah, this kind of group of guys that that are, are trying to take down Capone. And Capone back then, he was you know he felt like you know like. He felt pretty untouchable, his own self. And now this is directed by Brian De Palma. And you're thinking to yourself, Brian De Palma, where have I heard that name before? And he hasn't done a lot in a long time. Back in the 70s and 80s, this man was pumping out movies like there's no tomorrow. So it's very cinematic. It's it, it's shot in a certain way. And it's very gory, gory Transylvania. In that even back then, he man, did not shy away from blood of, of any sort. And in, in this movie, now it's 1987, so we're not talking, you know, really big fancy effects, but he did not shy away from from this kind of movie. And I don't blame him uh, when it came to that. And and he did a lot of movies. Like his, his peak to me, like, Wise was, you know, because he did Carrie in 76, then he had Scarface in 83, you know, in, in Wise Guys in 87, Untouchable, uh, Wise Guys in 86, Untouchables in 87. So he's very, you know, he has that kind of style of filming, <laughs> you know, very telling and, and really works. And it, it shoots kind of really funky angles. And this is a fun movie to watch. I haven't watched this movie. Either I haven't watched it in a long time, or I maybe have not seen it all the way through before. And much like the Beverly Hills Cop one, they did a great job cleaning this up. It looks fantastic. Not a lot of grain, and and it looks, you know, for, for such an old movie, it really holds up. And the story does. And it's funky for me to watch Kevin Costner now in Yellowstone, and then look at him in this and go, wow, that, that's quite a difference in age. <laughs> when it comes to that. <laughs> and so it's a very gritty movie. It's not for the faint of heart because people do not pass away well. And it has a great line in this one, which is one of those quote of Sean Corey lines. It's like, you know, if, if he brings a life, you'll bring a gun. If you put, if, 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 if he 
hurts one of your guys, you put his guy in the body bag or something, something like that. I'm, I'm misquoting horribly, but it's a Chicago way. <laughs> Connery is great in this movie. Now, unlike Beverly Hills Cop 2, we do, do get extras in this one. Now, it strictly is just a 4K digital code, although, but they are able to cram extras into this one 4K disc. Usually, sometimes they have it like, on a, just a regular Blu-ray. You get the script, the cast. This is them just discussing it. Uh, production stories, reinventing the genre, the classic, and the original feature at The Men. This is like, you know, one of those, and you can tell the age of it because the way it's shot. Kind of a nice little vintage featurette. Some of the, most of the featurettes on this one are, you can tell they were done a few years ago. But it would have been nice to have something a little more modern, but it is what it is. At least it's there. No commentary by De Palma on this at all. I don't know. He's a big guy in the video audio uh, director commentary, but nope, you're not going to get that in this. This is probably, as I said, Beverly Hills Cop 2, the best probably version of this movie you're going to find. I, you know, they keep talking this 8K stuff. I doubt it. <laughs> so if, if you like those kind of mafioso-ish, kind of crime dramas and some good performances and not a little bit squeamish. This is a fun movie to get. And, and there's this one scene that they film in a train station with slow-mo and you watch it and you go, man, that the way it shot, you know, in these modern days, you could probably cheat a bit with that, but they didn't, I know no green screen It's really impressive how it was done. It's, it's like, it's like, oh, don't shoot the baby. <laughs> it's, it's quite a movie. I wish I could have been been in an audience in the theater with that scene because there must have been people gripping their seats during that little segment. And you like look at that screen going to that woman like, God damn it, get, get off the stairs with your kid. Like, you know, Ness is in his mind is going, why, why are you here? You're messing up my whole plan. I have a plan and you're messing it up. <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> it's, it's, and, and it goes on for a while before things happen, too. You could just see him wincing, like, oh, I don't want to help if I don't help. <coughs> that kind of thing. So that's that. Overall, I would have been nice to have a, a little bit more extras. You know, commentary would have been really nice. But at least there's something there. And if you've always thinking, you know, Untouchables is a really good movie back in the 80s. Yeah, this is uh, definitely worth picking up for this release. So that is my take of The Untouchables on 4K Blu-ray, courtesy of the great folks at Paramount Home Entertainment.
Show on Blu-ray review for this episode is Doom Patrol season three, courtesy of Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. Warner Brothers Home Entertainment sent me a copy of this TV show to review for the program. The Vans Express are my own. Now, this, of course, is the third season of Doom Patrol, one of the kind of wackier shows on the DCU, which airs currently on HBO Max. And at the end of season two, things weren't looking too good for our cast of oddball characters. And so by season, the start of season three, we kind of have the, the follow-up, the, the fallout of what happened with good old Dorothy and the Candlemaker. And this leads to a pretty big loss on the team. And this third season is, you know, the, the, them kind of dealing with that loss and finding where they are in the world when it comes to that. Because everybody, all the members find themselves on a bit of crossroads and finding out who they are and who they want to be. And, of course, things get complicated this season, whether I love Madame Rouge, played by the amazing Michelle Gomez, who, of course, we last saw as Missy in Doctor Who. <laughs> she is just fantastic. And with a time machine, which is even funnier, and the, the introduction of the Brotherhood of Evil with the brain and Mala, the big French-speaking talking monkey. <laughs> that... And then we get introduced to the sisterhood of Dada as well. So it's very much a where do we go from here <laughs> season. It's quite an old Buffy episode. And it's wacky as always. You get a lot of continuation. You get Cliff, you know, still trying to be a grandfather, even though he's a robot body. <laughs> You know, you know, you have Rita trying to figure out what she's supposed to do. You have Victor, a.k.a. Cyborg, trying to work things out. Jane and Kay go through a lot this season. And, of course, you have, um, you have good old Negative Man himself, Larry, trying to get a hold of things, too. So it's a lot of transition in this season and then throwing in kind of Michelle Gomez who, cause part of the, the caveat of this driller time machine is that when you travel in it, it takes away your memory. <laughs> so kind of like, a, uh, and she is just wacky as all get out. There's even a little doctor who joke in there, which is kind of funny. And, and the season is wacky at one point. Zombies coming to play. <laughs> so you have that. And a lot of really odd. It, it's one of the wackier shows, really. And you really have to have watched the first two seasons to really appreciate this season. Uh, for extras, you get a lot. Uh, and much like the Titans release, I really it's nice to see that maybe they're slowly coming around to better extras. Because about 40 times. You get digging deep into Doom Patrol, introducing Madame Rouge, uh, Rouge. So you get a whole featurette on that and Michelle Gomez. Uh, this season on, so it, it's just a, a highlight of what went on in the season. Uh, Georgia PSA, because that's where they filmed the show. Doom Patrol Season 3, Life After Death, another kind of overview of the whole season. Filter Not Included, Robot Man's Best Lines. <laughs> These are all the highlight of Cliff's lines throughout the show. And just like with Titans, there is no insert, and all your show notes are on the inside liner. That's the way it goes. Uh, a fun show. I still love the theme song of Doom Patrol. Hands down, one of my favorite themes in modern superhero-ish kind of movies. Uh, if you're looking for more of Dorothy, she, Albie Monterey, she kind of exits the show pretty early on in the third season. And they wrap her up pretty good. So I don't think this being too much of her anymore. I don't know. Doom Patrol has been renewed for season four. Yay. Uh, but beyond that, because of all the changes going on in Warner recently and all the shakeup, 
uh, with the Discovery Channel. I we will see if it gets a season five because a lot's got to depend on how well it does in season four. It luckily it got renewed before the takeover happened, and unlike um, Batwoman and uh, Legends, it did get another season. Whereas those two are pretty much dead in the water. Although I would love at least to see in Legends. At least let them do a TV movie to wrap up what happened at the end of season seven. I haven't seen, seen season seven yet, but more than likely ended on the cliffhanger because they didn't expect to be canceled. So there you go. But uh, yeah, a fun show uh, and, and filled with the same kind of humor and somewhat grossness that mars the show. But I, I love all the actors. I think they did great in it. And it, it's... Definitely worth checking out um, going forward. And I hope that I look and hopefully uh, Miss, uh, Miss uh, Madame Rouge becomes a series regular in in season four, because I certainly hinted that. And the interpretations of, of the brain and Mala were very interesting. It was really cool to see those two live action after. After that was something I think I'd ever seen. That is my take of Doom Patrol, the complete third season on Blu-ray. Good to see the great folks at Warner Brothers Home Racing. Movie review for this episode is Teen Titans Go and DC Superhero Girls Mayhem in the Multiverse. Blu-ray DVD combo pack, courtesy of Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. Warner Brothers Home Entertainment sent me a copy of this to review for this program. The opinions I express are my own. Now, this is technically the third Teen... 
actually fourth Teen Titans Go movies. And of course, it's based on the Teen Titans Go TV show, which was really a spinoff of the Teen Titans original animated show, if not to confuse things. <laughs> so uh, initially we had, in 2018, Teen Titans Go to the movies. Then in 2019, it was Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans, which I have reviewed on this program, as well as Go. And then last year, we had Teen Titans Go see Space Jam. And then this year, we have this <laughs> release. And it's, it's basically sort of a crossover. And... In typical Teen Titans humor, it it kind of makes fun of itself because this feature is mostly, I'm going to tell you, a DC superhero girls movie, <laughs> if you will. And, and the Titans are just comic relief and guest starring in it. And they even do like some kind of meta jokes on it. And I don't know what it is with this version of the Titans, but in this movie, they make them look like bleakin' idiots. And and there is a time when the these two teams get together, but all that results on it is Raven helping Zatanna deal with her magic issues. The rest of them act like complete idiots and are as much helpful as a hole in the head. <laughs> so if you're thinking, oh, cool, another new Teen Titans movie, yeah, no. Now, what's interesting, too, about DC Superhero Girls is this show had a major revamp a few years ago and took their characters and really redesigned them. Like Supergirl herself, she went from kind of, you know, a classic long-haired blue, you know, light blue, kind of a bit of a take, but a, a more traditional Supergirl look to the one now who resembles more of a power girl than a Supergirl with the short hair and just the kind of attitude. The only thing she doesn't have is, you know, the power girl, you know, top, which probably would not be too PG for this movie. The plot centers around, I said, it's mostly a bloody DC Supergirls story. It centers around a, a, a crystal that Luther in the, in the, the Supergirls uh, device has found that holds the spirit of an ancient Kryptonian that is looking to get her own kind of Kryptonian body and take over the world. And Luther is just using the gem to try to be the, the you know, the, the, I know the Justice League. Yeah. And, and, um, and he's teaming up with the Legion of Doom. But this is not a Legion of Doom you're familiar with. This is, you have Solomon Grundy, uh, Star Sapphire, I think it's her. Uh, Riddler, Toy Man, uh, and Cheetah, and Catwoman. Catwoman, that's <laughs> very much sounds like Eartha Kit. And yeah, they do a joke about, oh look, there's two Catwomen at the same time. And and there are there are like male characters in DC Supergirls, but I'm telling you, they are for the most part idiots. And even Superman's a bit of a jerk in it. And the the actually the voice of Lex, Lex Luthor in the show is Will Friedel. You think where have I heard that name before? He is Terry McGinnis from Batman Beyond. <laughs> so that's cool. And and you have a lot of Justice League in this one because at one point it's like the Justice League versus are are fighting the DC Supergirls. Sorry, superhero girls. Sorry. And and some of their characterizations are are weird, especially Batman. Batman in in <laughs> version of him, a voice by Keith Ferguson. He talks, 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 talks. That's how he talks. You kind of don't really hear what he's saying. He's as much a joke as Batman is on Teen Titans Go. <laughs> it's like. I don't know what it is with DC lately, kind of burying the bat, because you have this, which makes him look like a complete, I don't know, lurdo. And and then you have the, the news of the new um, Gotham Night show, where they just kill him off outright. <laughs> so and then you have and you have Batman in in Teen Titans, or not Teen Titans, in Titans, who is a jerk, pretty much. So I don't know where the love is for the Dark Knight 
TV wise, but hoy boy, skoy magoy. <laughs> and, and Philip Lamar is actually the voice of Flash in this one, not Green Lantern, which I thought was kind of funny. Now, one of the redesigns for for the for the, the DC superhero girls is on Wonder Woman. I don't know what's going on here. It, it's voiced by Greg Griffin. You look at, and I don't, they don't explain this character change, but I, I did some research. I looked on, you know, YouTube, some of the older episodes of superhero girls, and they even have some of them on, like they have some bonus episodes on, on this release. And I don't know what it is, but you look at Wonder Woman's skin tone in those early shorts, and you look at her now, and either they've race-bended her, or she's got a really big tan. <laughs> because she looks a bit Nubia-ish in a way, and then her accent. And this is Great Griffin, who normally, I don't, that's not her normal talking voice. She's doing a bit of an accent almost sounds Indian. So, and yet they're still calling her Diana. And it's like, can we just have a Wonder Woman that looks like Wonder Woman? If you want to bring in one that's different, then call her Nubia. Give her something else. Stop, stop changing characters just for a checkbox. That's there. You also have Aqualad, who he's, oh, he's played so badly. They make him look such a little dweeb. And it's actually voiced by a woman. And I'm like, so I'm like, well, Bart Simpson kind of thing. So it is what it is. The most serious parts of this are GC superhero girls, and then you get a you know a nice interaction between uh, Supergirl and Clark, good old Superman. Although again, he's a bit of a jerk in this. So it's a fun story. I haven't watched anything previous, but they they really did a revamp of these characters, and you can interpret that how you want. Batgirl is actually Tara Strong in this iteration two, which is kind of neat. She's done Batgirl so many times, so there is that. And it's a, a fun kind of um, action-y, slightly multiverse movie. There is one bit at the end where they do another kind of multiverse crossover. I don't want to spoil it, but <laughs> it was... They do this in that universe sees the Teen Titans go doing their thing. At one point, that Batman is covering the Robin's eyes because it's just so horrible to watch. And I don't know if I want to see that crossover. What they did, though, how they recreated that animation, and even the voice work, which I think they might have got some original cast, that was cool. I would love, 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 love to see them do... New anim new cartoons of that universe of Justice League characters. If the original voice actors are still around, bloody well use them. Keep that animation style. Let's make some new ones. That was a big tease to me. I would love to see that. Like especially if some of those voice actors. I know some of them are not all, but the ones that are. Make new ones would just be ah, oh, you tease me, you tease me, WB. Four extras, not a lot in this one. You get two bonus Teen Titans episode go episodes. One is where they're saving daylight savings time. Yeah, I'm not joking about that. You watch it and you'll see. And there's a bit of a Top Gun reference to that. Maybe that's why they put that in. And the other episode from Teen Titans Go is where Cyborg. Starts hanging out with Hive, and and his teammates are trying to quote rescue him. So <laughs> that uh, for superhero girls, there is the episode where Bumblebee and gets shrunk by a ray, and it's up to the not so tech savvy Wonder Woman to save the day. So <laughs> we'll see your bonus tunes, no behind the scenes featurettes, no commentary, nothing. It is what it is. Overall, I mean, it's... I, I believe this movie is more set for fans of DC superhero girls than Titans. The Teen Titans go get barely any scream time, and when they are on, except for Raven, for the most part, they're all acting like complete buffoons and idiots. And it's like, yeah, why would you want to haul them back and get them to help you? 
So that is that that way. It's you know doesn't paint them in such a good light. So yeah, the 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 Tian's guy items go thing is a bit of a bait and switch that way. Overall, I mean it was a fun little movie. I. It, I, it seems to me that the DC superhero girls have come a long way when it comes to evolution of it. I still like some of the older looks, you know, when it, when it comes to some of the characters. A lot of the new ones are, I don't, I guess, extremer versions of the ones before. But you know, if if you just want to see some classic heroes versus villains, it's it's definitely worth uh, worth worth checking out. So that is my take of Teen Titans Go! and DC Superhero Girls Mayhem in the Multiverse on the Blu-ray DVD combo pack courtesy of the great folks at Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. That's going to wrap things up for this episode of the show. Hope you all enjoyed it. As always, you can check me out on Twitter. I'm at Rambling Russ, at R-A-M-B-L-I-N-G-R-U-S-S. Tweet me, I'll tweet you back. I appreciate all the retweets and likes on Twitter. Of course, you can check out all new episodes right here on the Talk Shoe Network. I'm caller ID 18411, where you can find all brand new shows here. And if you want to take your own, as well on Google, Spotify, and Google Play, oh, and Google Play and Spotify. And if you want to take your own trip back to the past, 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 then you can check out my original website at http full colon backslash backslash rambling russ, R-A-M-B-L-I-G-R-U-S-S dot libs, and that's dot L-I-B-S-Y and as in November dot com. That's my original home internet where I have over six plus years of podcasting goodness going back from my earliest shows in the early 2000s, around 2006 and on, right up until about 2013 and I switched to, to TalkShoe as my main site for posting new episodes. Lots of interviews, reviews, and convention coverage from Fan Expo back in the day right there for you to check out as well as in many other podcast directories across the world wide web and in iTunes under podcasts. Just type in Rambled Russell and you'll find episodes there. What's coming up in future episodes of the show? Like I said, I am getting my way through Dexter New Blood on Blu-ray, courtesy of Paramount. That show is very interesting, and I'm curious to see how it ends. And this is coming from a man who never watched the original Dexter, so you get my take on that. As well, uh, courtesy of Warner Bros. Entertainment, they sent me a Blu-ray copy of Eraser Reborn, a classic 1990s movie brought back for a new age. And this may take me a while to get to, but they did, Warner Brothers did send me a copy of the complete fifth season of Lucifer on Blu-ray. But I'll need to go back and try to watch the first season before I get into the fifth. So that is on the docket for a future review. As well, they, the nice folks at Paramount did send me a copy on DVD of the Smurfs, a brand new version, because we needed one, season one, volume one, and I'll be giving you my take on yet another reboot of the Smurfs. And I, I've done some research. I did watch some of the older ones on YouTube to give you a bit of a comparison. So that was so a Smurftastic good time <laughs> will be coming your way as well. And then some other older movies on Blu-ray from Paramount. I hope to get on review very soon are the movies Soap Dish, Win a Date with Ted Hamilton, Orange County, and good old Harold and Maude. And on 4K, the 30th anniversary of the movie Juice. That is all in upcoming episodes of this show. And from WellGo USA Entertainment, my digital review of the movie The Girl from Another Galaxy. Uh, that is coming up in a future show. And a reminder that if you want to contribute to the show and you want to steer direction in the show in a way I've been thinking about but haven't done yet, and you want to have your name mentioned and, you know, give something back to the program, I don't have a Discord account. I don't have merch. I don't, you know... Charge for comments on YouTube live streams. I don't do any of that kind of thing. Everything is for free. But if you want to give some money back and pick something for me to review, check out my Amazon wish list page. Links for it are in the show notes and on my Twitter page. Anything you select from that wish list, I will review on this program. If you want to remain anonymous, I am 
perfectly fine with that. But if you want your name mentioned, I will credit you for picking that that item, and it will get reviewed on an upcoming episode of this show. It's just that easy. And I'm waiting for somebody to take advantage of that. There are some items in there that I'm considering getting into, but I want to get some impact from you guys first and see if that's something that interests you. So that's your way to take part and be an interactive audience member and give something back to the show. Also, um, coming up, I, I I will still try to bring out a, a gaming episode. I, I I do want to talk about the Xbox uh, Series X a little bit more. Talk about the brand new uh, Lego Star Wars the Skywalker Saga that was sent to me from the great folks at WB Games. Talk, give you guys a good review on that, and even um, Halo Infinite. I've almost got that done. So the BI kind of game special coming up soon. I might even put that in with um, the upcoming coverage I hope to do of the Bethesda Xbox Showcase, which is coming up later this month in June. I'm ho- I will, you know, I do use an Xbox Series X, and that was, of course, courtesy of the great folks at Microsoft Canada. I, I try to I'll try to cover that for you as best I can, just like I did last year, and give you my impressions of all the new games that are coming out very soon for your Xbox. That is in a future show. That is it for me tonight, today, wherever you are. Heck, you listen to the show, and we'll catch you next time right here on Rambled Russell. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>